immortal words of Ray Parker Jr. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Best version, best version of uh, Ghostbusters is uh, is on the Commodore sixty four game because you could press press this strip of space bar and it went Ghostbusters. <laughs> so you got oh, like, a re- yeah. like a really nice eight bit rendition and then you slam on the sli- slam the space bar and it goes Ghostbusters. That's the thing because back in the day I, I was uh, I even mentioned it in my June uh, Let's Play was that you had to actually synthesize the sounds on the fly so that you got digitized speech in the Commodore 64 game was a big deal. I did it in quite, quite a lot of games, actually. It sounded rough as fuck, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's something to do with the limitations of 8-bit. You can only do certain things with it, but... Um... To, be, to be fair, it was quite good that they actually managed to get any speech in, considering like the, the file size was probably in kilobytes, weren't it? Oh, no fun zone says, fuck me, your intro is 10,000% louder than anything else. It is very loud. <laughs> I always put it, I always put the intro super loud to wake people up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I still haven't spooky, turned my mic. Stuff. I think my mic needs turning up a touch. I really got to play with that, um, that synthesizer or more. That, you see, that's uh, Zero's introduction with the, the, the spooky numbers and the do, 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 yeah. do, do, do bits. And then my bit is just like what I call the spooky uh, organ with the with the seagulls in it, and that's based on the Herx Abacos software synth. I, yeah, I should play some more with that. I've been playing more with the uh, yeah, microphone. Yeah, you've got some spooky spooky drops to put in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and find that bit. Um, then I've I've got the bit somewhere of because uh, I want to do Fred West at some point. There's a bit where Fred West's talking about the uh, how the ghosts lead him to where they're buried. Have you ever heard him talk about that in the interview? Because I, I know nothing about true crime. I oh. I am I'm a true crime virgin. Oh we'll do we'll so, do we'll get some true crime episodes done then, shall we have it? Because when you're doing that Myra Hindley thing, it was like a real eye opener for me. And at the end of the show I was like convinced, yeah, she done it. Mm. And uh her her husband was the winning accomplice. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely doesn't. It didn't seem at all like he was the driving force, did it? No, 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 he was not. So, shall we I talk? Pe- shall we do some do some of our war? Actually, do you, want, do you got something you want to say? Well, uh, yeah, we're going to do a warm intro. We got some some sp- some spooky stuff from unexplained history, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, boys sought spider bite to gain superpowers. <laughs> three boys in Bolivia. Boys, do we mean retards? Yeah. Uh, three boys, three boys in Bolivia recently got more than they bargained for when they tried to become Spider-Man. Uh, in an incident that serves as an alarming reminder of how easily fictional stories can rub off on the impressionable, three young boys aged eight, ten, and twelve recently attempted to gain the web-slinging powers of Spider-Man by deliberately allowing a Black Widow spider to bite them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so you don't just go for, like, a, yeah. a, a nice spider which won't kill you. Let a Black Widow bite you. Perhaps they read Black Widow comics. Perhaps they thought they'd grow tits and and red hair. Dear, yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh no. I, uh, I saw that recent. I mean, there's just as well there's no um, uh, comic book about the Hornet or something because... Yeah, it's there Green Hornet, this... isn't there? That awful film with fucking Seth Rogen. Do you remember that? 
Well, you, when you say, you say no more, you, you, you had me at Seth Rogen. I, I yeah. understand, like, automatically it means it's going to be bad. <laughs> no, this was really bad. Imagine, um, uh, imagine like, a wisecracking Batman, but with jokes that, that fall flat on the floor every single time. And Seth Rogen's face grinning yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks. I think I'll pass. Yeah, it's the reason I mentioned it is as bad as you could imagine. Uh, because I was I was um, trying to remember this bit that what's the difference between uh, toxin and and venom? No, venom toxin. Yeah, because can't poison. you actually can you actually drink not drink venom, but you can actually ingest venom and it and it won't kill you, will it? Is that is that what? Yeah, venoms won't kill you. So, like for example, um, I think stinging nettles are venomous, and hopefully the chat will say actually no, Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, stinging nettles are are poisonous, and uh, but what you're thinking of is this. And the reason I say that is because like I don't um, think they're it, either it, are it, they? Because they're used by those hair those hairs, don't they? Yeah, the 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 stinging the stinging needle hairs on them. They those sting, and then it injects these histamines into you with formic acid, and it's the histamines which cause the uh, the the rash. Um, but the point I meant about that is. For example, hornets have got a uh, po poison, and the poison is necrotizing. So there was like uh, photographs from Wikipedia of these Africans that have been stung by them, and they just got like these abscesses on their their arm where the venom's uh, eaten away at the flesh. Nasty, na nasty stuff. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. Just having a look in the. Uh, I'd, I'd... The Britannica, I, I like the Britannica because it's properly based. It's still based, then it was that story we did before where it was kind of like a little bit racist too, weren't it? Encyclopedia Britannica is far more um, objective than Wikipedia. It's just, unfortunately, Wikipedia seems to be the first thing that comes up. It doesn't Actually, say whether the... they're... Whether they're... Um... I'll tell you what Wikipedia is good for, and I don't oh, think Encyclopedia Britannica... So they inject they inject a mist mist of acetyl acetylcholine acetylcholine yeah that's acid, one acetylcholine histamine and yeah. serotonin causing an itchy burning rash so interesting they inject serotonin yeah hey maybe that's why because have you ever eaten like a nettle soup or nettle tea oh the um, roots the root stock is used as a diuretic and as a herbal treatment for benign prostatic hyperplasia, prostate enlargement. Uh, tea made from the leaves has been used to treat hay fever, diabetes, gout and arthritis. Yeah, that makes sense. If you take histamines, maybe they act as an antihistamine. Yeah. Um, but I've drunk nettle tea before, and it has this really nice, refreshing tingling, which sort of goes in your mouth and then spreads throughout your face. So how do you, how I'm do you prepare if... it then? Do you have to dry it, do you? Um... Or do you just bung it in as it is? Well, there's a bloke who does like uh, poverty cooking. He's English, and he's talking about like. Um, unfortunately, it's a bit too late in the in the. It might not be too late, but you find that you take the tops of the nettle, which are young, and there are ways of uh, grabbing them, but using gloves is probably the easiest way. And then you cook them like you'd cook spinach, and the cooking renders them uh, safe. The heat. I think it's the heat. Didn't we? We've discussed this before, haven't we? I'm sure we have. Not sure if we've done it about stinging nettles. I've got an article here about... No, because we um, did the bit 
I probably it might have been it might have even been grub and soil when we talked about the mm. net eating competition. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, that that's probably where I saw the video about because I was like, I want to make my own nettle soup. Yeah. I got this article here. I'm not sure if it counts as um, fourteen though, but uh, uncovered mosaic in uh, Italy. Ooh, it's got history and stuff on it. We can slip yeah. in a bit of history, can't we? Why not? I mean, these these things. It's spooky that it survived uh, sixteen hundred years buried under the soil. So I'm I'm going to tempt you know what this is something which the radio audience won't will will miss out on. You'll have to look at it yourself. I'm going to post the link. Oh, I can't post the link in the chat because the YouTube oh. does that thing. So suppose I say chat. Are you not search engine of your choice? Type in you should uh, be perfectly preserved. Hmm? Say hello in there and then I'll spam you. Yeah. Okay. Um, there we go. Perfectly preserved Roman mosaic floor dating back to the third century is unearthed in an Italian vineyard. Uh, the tiles formed of the floor of an ancient Roman villa in the, okay, from the third century Anno Domini. Well, you can pass it so, to your friend Freeman on the sand, Fremen on the sand, and then he can put it in. Yeah, the good good old Fremen. He'll he'll do that stuff only. There we go. Um, and it says uh, stunning, well preserved Roman mosaic floor dating back to the third century. Anno Domini, year of our Lord, has been discovered hidden in the soil of a vineyard in Italy. The floor, found in a they, hilly area above the... I wonder the how they found hmm? it. wonder how they yeah. found it. Well, uh, I, I'm hoping it will say in the article. It says, the floor found in a hilly area above the town of Negradi Vallopolicella, which is near Verona, was uncovered just a week after archaeologists returned to, to work from lockdown. Oh, so they're already doing a dig in that area. The area has, was already known to researchers as the remains of a Roman villa have been found there a century earlier, but that dig was abandoned in 1922. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So they've like they've waited almost 100 years before going, hey, you know that Roman villa was discovered there in the 1920s? Yeah. Shall we it's dig it up? All right, then. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I'll, get, I'll get round to it, you know, 100 years later. Yeah, let's have a crack at it then. Historians described it as the discovery of the year, and town officials confirmed they were working with the owner of the land to make the historic site accessible. Um, it's all radio audience. I really recommend you have a look at this mosaic because it's beautiful, and it survived sixteen hundred years of being buried under soil. It just goes to show how there must. There's something remarkable about ceramics that those colours can be preserved. Yeah, they look great, don't they? Well, they haven't been exposed to UV though, have they? I, well, yeah, you say that, but they'd have been exposed to a few centuries of it um, uh, when they were first laid down. I think there's something about making ceramics. It's a, it's a dark art, um, and uh, the, the saying about baking the pigments in, which preserves them, it makes them really, really strong. So it, it's not going to be fragile like a paint on canvas. Um. And it's got the it's got a map of it. If you scroll down a bit, you can see Verona is in between Milan and Venice, and it's just just slightly north of that. Um, last year, a team from the Superintendent of Archaeology, Fine Arts, and Landscape of Verona started digging again to uncover more of the ancient home. Work began in October 2019, but was suspended in February 2020 due to the outbreak of the demonetized pandemic, putting Italy in the strict lockdown. 
um, I quite like this channel called Gamers Nexus, and they've started referring to it as human malware, which I think is um, an apt term. Uh. Um, uh, the week after work resumed, they found the stunning mosaic uh, mosaic floor hidden underneath a row of vines and are now gently excavating the rest of the area. The first round of images appear online, show the pristine floor and foundations. On their Facebook page, Nigardi Vabulacella official said, the goal of the dig is to, oh, hang on, to identify the exact extension and exact location of ancient construction. Robert Grissom, the right. Oh no, sorry, Roberto Grissom, the mayor of Nigardi Vapiacella, local newspaper La Arena. It was a cultural site of special value and deserves attention. Uh, for this reason, together with Superintendent, nurse in charge of agriculture funds, we will find a way to make this treasure enjoyable, he said, whilst um, juggling pasta. Historian Maiko Siliand said the find was one of the most important of the year. Newly discovered just outside of Verona, what could be this year's biggest discovery? Almost entirely intact Roman mosaic for the floor, he said on Twitter. He said there are many examples of similar stunning pieces of history buried underfoot. In fact, he said there are parts of other former Mesopotamia where there are hills and areas that should be entirely flat. There are a few of those places, uh, isn't there? There's like impossible um, places, isn't there? You've got like uh, Oak Island's one of them. You know about the Curse of Oak Island, Hobbit? Is that the one where there's like a, a, a hidden treasure and uh, but it's like a really elaborate cave system yeah. and it's that's it, and, it and there's it, like if you do it if you do it wrong, it lets a load of seawater in. Oh yeah, it's it's got like hidden layers, and there's like uh, unbreathable gas in there and other stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a whole TV really TV series about it. I've only watched the odd episode. I haven't watched too much of it, but yeah, um, yeah. But just to, the, I think according to the legend, one more person has got to die before before it gives up its tre its treasure. Is the is the legend? I mean, the idea that some pirate 500 years ago buried that with, like, wooden well, tools or whatever. I think they found some Templar gear in there as well. Yeah, they're, they're, there's, there's, some, there's some dark hearts going in there. Um, but I'm, just, I'm looking at the... the um, there's a new series about the curse of uh, Skimwalker Ranch. Do you know about the Skimwalker Ranch? Uh, that just makes me think of Madonna for some reason. <laughs> Skinwalker. <laughs> or, no, it's, um, in a, it's in America. It's a really spoopy place. And uh, Marina Bramovic wearing the skins of of things yeah. as art, as spirit cooking. Yeah, but I have seen a, a, a Roman mosaic uh, in real life. I was uh, fourteen years old in Cyprus, and uh, my dad was talking with the locals, and they said, "Yeah, that's Roman." He said, "Do you know what century is this?" Oh, whenever the Romans were here. So, uh, when were the Romans in Cyprus? Come on, chat. Some of you got to be, uh, you got to be uh, Roman historians. When were the Rome Romans in Cyprus? I know they're there at the time of Jesus because they were in uh, Judea. So, uh, Judean so, yeah. people's front. No, the people's front of Judea. <laughs> Splitters. <laughs> <laughs> You're that's, dividing the movement. That's that's still a good uh, that's still a good thing now, isn't it? Because um, if you watch that bit about like, it's almost a bit like where it's kind of anti-social justice before social justice came about, weren't it? You know that I want to going, be a... his or her. I want to be a woman, Stan. 
Where's the feet? You can't be a woman in a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should watch that again. I the what's the other one I quite like? Um, Grail, the Quest of the Holy Grail. Yeah, I like that film because it's just like, ah, oh, we haven't got enough budget to finish this. I know, we'll have the police come Let's in and stop bit. it all. Let's do a bit. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. That's how, like, um, when, when you're sort of, you're constrained for resources, I think it encourages creativity. I think, it, um, I think in filmmaking, making, I think necessity was the mother of invention, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's where Robocop it, it, got his signatures, like, slow walk from because of the uh, constraint, constraints of the outfit, wasn't it? I know. I mean, how, how would they get... Because if if he's supposed to, I think in the later film they do show him like running really fast. But yeah. how are you going to get a guy wearing like a big bulky outfit to be running at forty miles an hour? Um, well, apparently, in the, this apparently is... in the script, he was he was said to to run like spot run like Spider Man was what they said in the script. Oh, for some reason I was thinking run at forty miles an hour. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how fast Spider Man can run. I, I, I I'm just thinking um, like space marines can run at 40 miles an hour and uh, <laughs> the the a this is another one as well. I mean in June if you effectively the if you take the sort of, when they're winning battle against battle against the Harkonnen, what you need to do is stop watching the film, watch Lawrence of Arabia because it's it is about guerrilla warfare. Uh, but Frank Herbert and the uh, David Lynch agreed that we need some sort of plot device, i.e. the weirding module. Because we can't have people in the Mexican desert with forty degree heat uh, doing kung fu moves in rubber rubber suits. Uh, so yeah, they um, they they came up with a plot device, and you know what? I think it's it's not a clumsy plot device. I think it works quite well, and it, it sort of gives this new concept, which which was actually in the books. It was like uh, the idea that sound can be used as a weapon. Have you ever seen the um, have you seen the making of the bit where Robocop raids the drug warehouse in Robocop? Is that in Oh, I thought that was Robocop 2. That's uh, Robocop. No, that no, the other drugs warehouse then from the first one. Um apparently poor, poor old uh, Peter Weller was dying in the suit cuz it was like I think they filmed it like they filmed it like um Vegas or something like that, but it, it was like mega hot. So they had to like install oh fans in the suit and stuff. Actually, that that sounds like quite a good idea. Installing fans in it, it just adds to sort of the wear of. Um, I'm sure the sounds were put in post effect, you know, but just sort of the sort of like the, the little whiny servo motors and the uh, wind chunk sounds. Yeah, that was good stuff. But um, uh, no fun zone says from like 100 BC to 1200 sometime. <laughs> that really narrowed it down there. Oh, yeah, you know, so a period of 1,300 years. Yeah, well, Flary Canary's got it right. Season 32 of Oak Island, he still, he still ain't found shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's been no end to fucking series of that programme. Maybe the treasure was all the ad revenue they made along the way. <laughs> I assume this is on, like, a ma- mainstream television show. Where yeah, it's on, like, the History for- Channel or so. I think it's on the History Channel, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right, should we get back to the spoopy stories? Yeah, spoopy stories. I haven't even looked at unexplained mysteries. Uh, well, you might want what, to do this next it? one because it's scientists solve missing matter, missing matter mystery. 
That's easy for you to say. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I mean, I've only had it. I've only yeah. had one as bad as Geralt. Oh, dear. DARPA requests large underground facilities. Oh, that was last week. Uh, yeah, you need, oh, to, I know. you need to refresh, mate. Yeah, I'll go to news and uh, boy sort spider bite spider solve missing matter mystery. There we go. Missing matter mystery, missing matter mystery. Peter Piper picks pickle pepper. He thrusts his fist New against light. the post and still insists he sees the ghosts. Oh, she sells seashells on the seashore. Red lorry, yellow lorry, New red lorry, yellow lorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, new light has been shone on the whereabouts of the tongue twisters of the galaxy. Oh, sorry, the universe is missing baryonic matter. What is baryonic matter? I don't know. Uh, Nobody it, knows. Is it North? Does it look like North FC? I don't, I don't know what baryonic matter is. <laughs> Most of the universe is thought to be made up of dark matter, also known as jogger matter, a mysterious unseen form of matter that cannot be directly observed because it does not absorb, emit, or reflect any electromagnetic radiation. The rest, meanwhile, is composed of baryonic matter, the normal type of matter which makes up stars, planets, asteroids, nebulae, and nissan micros, and anything else that we can see or hold in our hands. Well, I can't hold a nissan micro in my hands. Yeah. Not all the baryonic matter in the universe is accounted for, however. A large percentage of it has remained frustratingly elusive. Leaning yeah, scientists on the, the fridge, it's always down there. Well, if I can't find stuff, it's usually under my bed or it's tucked in the sofa. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not so it's lead- far, though. I think we've solved, I know, we've solved it, it. We can go, we can go yeah. safe now. Well, anyway, these scientists have been on the hunt that has lasted for decades, and they finally found it was underneath the fridge. Just, and they fi- do you think they're just milking that sweet, sweet uh, grant money? Do you think that's what it is? Probably, it probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, we're nearly, we're nearly there, boss. We'll find it next week. Honest, it, we're ne- nearly there. Ne- nearly, nearly there. Just a bit more grant money. Oh, uh, blind them with science, and that will yeah. make it look like we've done something important. Yeah, and really, all they've done is they've put a spatula underneath the fridge and they fished it out. <laughs> Now, now, though, the whereabouts of this missing matter has finally been determined thanks to another recently discovered phenomenon. Fast radio bursts, powerful bursts of radio waves originate from deep space that, despite lasting mere milliseconds, generate as much energy as the sun does in an hold entire on, hold day. Hold on a minute. Is this a twofer? Are they trying to wrap two up? Two, are they trying to wrap up two mysteries for one price? Yeah, wasn't there like a recent story about, about magnetars? The burn, about the burst and they didn't know where it was from. The bus, they didn't know where it was from. The oh, bursts. the bursts of radio waves. Yeah, they, yeah. Didn't have, they couldn't locate the source of the bursts, could they? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll read a bit more, and we'll we'll get there, won't we? By analysing how these bursts are dispersed and slowed while travelling across the cosmos. Oh, God, a minute, you'll like dis- this one. Keeping it real, mm-hmm. said Baryonic. Is that the Silic Bang guy? <laughs> 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 <coughs> oh dear. And uh, Ron Anderson not... says the intellectual dark matter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. So, by analysing how oh, these bursts are dispersed and slowed while travelling across the cosmos, scientists have determined that missing matter is situated in the cold void of space between galaxies. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think there was anything in. Is that the space thought... equivalent of down the back of the fridge? Yeah. Or slipped under but... the fridge? The cold void of space. I mean, is it the cold void of space between the fridge and the wall? Is, is that what they really mean? Or, or, you know, <laughs> behind the radiator where all the cobwebs are, and you <laughs> don't dare stick your hand. Oh, you, you, 
I always thought like the the gaps between um, galaxies that's got to be like the closest naturally occurring vacuum uh, ever. There can't be anything out there, surely, but we don't know because we we can't really observe it or we haven't got probes there. So let's see. Um, it's been fine. Oh yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, full radio. Yeah. So analyzing how these bursts are dispersed. Yeah, I've done that. Intergalactic space is very sparse, said Associate Professor Jean-Pierre McCart. It's from space for Gu a reason, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the Curtin University node of the International Center for Radio Astronomy Research. So there's a Curtin node for, for all that. The missing matter was equivalent to only one or two atoms in a room the size of an average office. A like mysterious universe, it means there's much more to be understood. The thing is we've discovered is the atmosphere of the universe. It's the ecosystem in which galaxies live, Ron He said whilst eating a croque monsieur. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a ham and cheese. So yeah. Toasted sarni. Um there you go. It turns out there is uh, there is actually a bit of stuff in the uh, in the voice space. Sorry, I'm being blown away by this thing saying giant allegedly captured on camera in Mexico. Oh yeah, it's probably it's probably a, 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 a fake, but we'll have a look at that. Oh, did, did you want to? This this is this is awfully um this is awfully uh, prescient, isn't it? The chip lip smacking hints at origin of speech. <laughs> Uh, they, they, there's been, there's they been a lot. Of, there's been a lot of chimps lip smacking in Minnesota, hasn't there? Today? I was just going to say it, it hints at the origin of a chimp out. So, do you, do you want to read this one, or shall I? I oh, go on. You do it. I've got to blow my nose. A new study has revealed the chimp lip smacking could be a clue to the ancient origins of human speech. Exactly when and how the ability to speak first arose in humans has long remained something of a mystery. But now it seems that the behaviour of chimpanzees, our closest living relatives, citation needed, may offer important clues at hinting how our ancestors first began to form words. It is well established that chimps smack their lips and move their jaws in the fast-paced cycles to speak with one another. But now hold a new on, study... Hold on. We've, got, we've got another mm. joke from, from the Barry Sillip Bang. This is the next one on. Big Bang and the dirt is gone, lol. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Oh, I I like that. I I do. He says it is well established that chimps smack their lips and and say, "Hey yo, gives me that." Um, <laughs> hey yo, where's the nearest target? Yeah, and it's like um, he says, uh, but yeah, so. Universities of York, St. Andrews, and Warwick have revealed that they do so at a rate which is very similar to that of human speech. Such behaviour is likely ancient roots within primate communication, the scientists argue, and could have played an important role in the evolution of our own vocal system. Our results prove that spoken language was pulled together within our ancestral lineage using ingredients that were already available and in use by those other primates and hominids, said study author Dr. Adriano Lemira from University of Warwick. That's a good Anglo-Saxon name if ever I saw it. Doesn't yeah. he know that they're uncovering mosaics in Italy at the moment? Yeah. This dispels much of the scientific enigma that language evolution has represented so far. 
we found pronounced differences in rhythm between chimpanzee populations, suggesting that they are not automatic and stereotypical signals so often attributed to our ape cousins. Instead, just like in humans, we should start seriously considering that individual differences, social conventions and environmental factors may play a role in how chimpanzees engage in conversation with one another. I, I've read this article somewhere else and they said they've, they've also noticed that chimps in the wild and chimps in captivity, the ones in captivity do lip smacking quicker and they reckon it's because of exposure to the rapid patter of human speech. They emulate it. In their own way. They're throwing down raps, are they? Yeah, they're they're aspiring soundcard rappers. Hey, there's a related article to this from two years ago. Did the US lab create a human Z a hundred years ago? The answer is yes. And uh, also, Angoda created one quite recently. Did you see that one? That's not. That's a fucking meme. Well, it wasn't created in a lab. It's just he does look a uh, bit like a chimp. Photoshopped in it. It's no, be. it's real. I have seen chimps with nostrils like that before. They, they, they. It is real. But shall I read this tri- chimp human Z thing, or do you want to do you want to do a story? Uh, I'll do a story. What do you want to do next? The, do you want to do the one about the giant, or are we doing that together? Um. Not not sure, really. I mean, we we do need to do an episode about giants, so maybe that'll give it a good like a uh, a teaser for for the future. Maybe uh, residents of Mexico, are you going to check your dinner then? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stir the pot. So be right back. Okay. Uh, residents of Mexico's San Luis Potosi region reportedly claim to have witnessed a very large humanoid creature. From Jack and the Beanstalk to Jason and the Argonauts, tales of giants have been an integral part of fairy tales, folklore and mythology for thousands of years in countries all across the world. But could there really exist, or have existed, enormous humanoids of such (laughs) extreme scale? Um, Some residents of the Huasteca region of San Luis Potosi, Mexico, seems to have think so. The evidence of series of claims, reports, even photographs pertaining to be the sighting of a very large creature that, creature that was allegedly spotted last week near the municipality of Cuidad Valles. I was with I was with my husband playing with my child and we heard a noise like an explosion. So we looked at the hill where we thought the noise was coming from. We thought it was a landslide, said one witness, Mrs. Antonia, who described seeing a large thin man. It was about 5.30 in the afternoon. I was really scared. My husband started making fun of me, but then he saw the thing. He got very scared and told me to go into the house. Similar reports have also emerged from nearby towns as well. The photograph of the alleged giant can be viewed above. However, it's quite difficult to make out whether it's something generally large or something that is small and out of focus. Could this be evidence that, evidence that giant, giant, giants roam the wilds of Mexico or is the whole thing a hoax? You decide. <laughs> in the year of 4k cameras that's the best pick they could manage yeah it was pretty cra- crappy wasn't it is that v uh, it's supposed to it's supposed to be hispanic so we run <laughs> who's lvgh
probably just the average height in Mexico is five foot seven, probably just a tall tall tourist. Uh, mystery big cats reported across Scotland. Uh, this is, uh, I think we'll probably do alien big cats at some point. Recent accounts have indicated the Loch Ness monster is not the only thing lurking in the Scottish wilds. Stories of panthers and other large cats roaming the British countryside have endured for years and are the basis of several legends, including the Beast of Dartmoor and the Beast of Bodmin Moor. In Scotland, which is home to large amounts of empty wilderness and woodland, exotic big cats have not only seen, been seen but also captured. One notable example was a puma named Felicity that authorities man managed to capture near Loch Ness back in 1980. In 1993, another puma was also captured near the town of Aviemore in the Cairngorms. Now, now a number of social media users have revealed, in the, revealed their own encounters with large cats in Scotland and it seems the phenomenon is still prevalent now as it has been in the past. Excuse me, blimey. One pint and I'm done. Um, one witness described seeing a huge black, black thing which slinked across one of the black farm, back farm roads in rural Fife while another said they had seen a massive black cat near Dunfermline. My dad and brother have seen both seen a bag Big cat in five, a third contributor stated. My brother is a biologist who has done field work in Africa where leopards and lions would walk, would walk, periodically walk through his camp. Walk. Oh, would walk periodically through his camp. That's a typo. So I think he'd know a big cat when he saw it. Many researchers believe the presence of large cats in Britain may be primarily attributed to the exotic pet owners deliberately releasing them into the wild, something that became a lot more common following the introduction of the Dangerous Wild Animals Act in 1976. It's possible many of the cats sighted these days are descendants of those animals. There's a super rare white grizzly spotted in Canada. Uh, so that so it's at a glance you might be forgiven that thinking this young bear is more than a polar is little more than a polar bear. However, as it turns out, the unusual animal is acutely a genuinely is actually a genuinely actually a genuine grizzly bear, not with al albinism as might be expected, but with but with a recessive gene that has, that's given its coat a distinctive shade of white. It was recently spotted by a family who'd been out for a drive along a remote stretch of highway. Oh, it's that story. Good timing, Hemi. It turns out my dinner is cooked and ready, so... Uh, uh, nice. Yeah. You're gonna be you're gonna be lip smacking all the way through this story, then I. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to open the, uh, aping to... human speech. <laughs> uh, the blind see letters delivered into their brains. Have you seen this one, Arbit? He's lip smacking. Um, event enabling the visually impaired to see again has long remained one of the holy grails of medical science. But while restoring vision through the eyes may be not may be possible for some, it seems that directly communicating with images to directly communicating images to them through their brain might actually be a viable alternative. In a new study, a team of researchers led by Michael Beauchamp of Baylor College in of Medicine in 
got Baylor College of Medicine in Houston successfully managed to communicate the shape of various letters to blind participants by delivering oh, okay. a specific series of electrical signals through the electrodes implanted in their brains. So far, the system has only been used to communicate certain letters of the alphabet. However, it should be possible to also portray basic shapes and outlines as well. Did you did you cover one about how birds can see shapes in the head or No, do you know what's this one then? Um because it seems related to the one you're talking about now. Um It's quite possible because a lot of this stuff they get their inspiration from the animal kingdom, don't they? Uh no, I just misread the headline. It says oh. blind see letters to deliver to their brains. I thought it was like birds see letters <laughs> to their brains. Yeah. But it's quite possible because a lot of this stuff don't don't they kind of borrow from the animal kingdom some some computer some science stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, it, it it's uh, I mean they 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 use the animal comparisons for like how how it might work on us. But uh, yeah. the thing is, which which fascinates people with speech and stuff like that is how ravens and parakeets and uh, what's the other bird which mimics sounds the mime bird. The miner. It's it's interesting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. They they do all these things and they yeah, um, used to keep miners, didn't minor birds, didn't they? Yeah, but they don't know. I don't know why. They're really long lived as well. I mean, birds are quite ephemeral creatures, but parakeets like living up to thirty years. That's uh, that's pretty good. Isn't that's it? a long time. As pets go, as yeah. pets go, that's a good bang for your buck, isn't it? I mean, it's one you can chat with and you can say, "Oh, I love you." I love you. I love you. Bugger. <laughs> uh, so one day it might be it might even be possible to provide fully restored vision to somebody who is totally blind as well to send images and other information directly into the brain of anyone who can receive. I don't like the sound of that, Hobbit. Well, uh, th this has been, you know, it's called the schizophrenia ray gun where you can beam ultrasound into people's uh, skulls to make them hear voices. So I suppose this is just a, uh, an, uh, an improvement on that technology from, what is it, the 60s? Uh, it's been around for a while, that, that friends at the ultrasound. CIA. Yeah, that's it. So I suppose with this now, as well as the sounds, they can also beam sights into your thing. And yeah, this, this could be easily weaponized. We have such, yeah. uh, such sights to show you. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. So... Brave new world we live in, guys. Um, those those things you see in here may not be from inside you. Oh, but I and thought it's not I'd, deep. But I thought I'd read a story where they were further along than this. They already had the video camera for blind people. Um. Oh, what? Like uh, they they've got like retinal implants or something. I I think this yeah. is like uh, bypassing that altogether. And I thought it was something it like into... they managed to get people to see eight bit images, like quite blocky images. Well, maybe they've they figured a way to graft cameras onto the optic nerve, but this way they're talking about beaming it, and I assume they mean beaming it directly into the uh, visual cortex. Um, but is 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 a bit of supposition for you, right? Say in the olden days when people seen hear demonic things, and it's like, oh yeah, he's possessed by demon. Imagine you've got a CIA glow in the dark, and he's beaming all this stuff into your brain, and it's demonic and stuff like that. Someone could say, 
oh, well, actually, the, the source of those disturbing images is purely technological, and there's nothing demonic about it. Well, I would say, yeah, it is demonic. Yeah. You're using tools to do demonic possession, but it's yeah. still demonic. Uh, have you seen this one, the next page over? Alligator that survived World War Two dies age 84. An aged, aged oh, alligator. This, this favourite alligator. Oh, you already know this story then, do you? Yeah, people keep saying it's like, he's this Russian alligator and it's like Hitler's absolute favourite and I don't know why, I'm just like, all right, okay. I'll bet there's That's a story about him feeding Jews to it. I'll bet there is. <laughs> is there? I'll bet there is. There has to be, don't there? If Hitler owned an I alligator, mean, there's, there's bound to be a story, isn't there? The, the, the Germans are really cruel and inventive in all the ways they would execute uh, uh, Jews. I mean, did you the one where like a Jew got frozen and then was uh, was like uh, thrown out Dropped of this? Out of a uh, fridge. Yeah, yeah, in front of the family and shattered into a thousand pieces. I mean, I thought it was really insensitive that they basically just copied the testimony of these Holocaust survivors and put it into Terminator Two. <laughs> Uh, have you seen the Winchester Mystery House lies here, really empty? Do you know about the Winchester Mystery House? Um, has it got anything to do with Winchester firearms? It's especially got to do with, <laughs> with Winchester firearms. Basically, the the story of the story of the house is um, the the woman who owned owned the house was the wife of the guy that invented um, Winchester firearms, and she was she All was right. told by she was told by somebody that she had to keep building the house. Because if she as soon as she stopped building the house, she'd die. So basically, the Winchester house has got dead ends, uh, blind alleys. You'll open you'll open a door out onto a like forty foot drop, and apparently it's all to confuse the ghosts that were haunting her and that were all victims of uh, Winchester firearms. Oh, I see. Right, because I was thinking it's like that was like an excuse of uh, yeah, in order to keep local stonemasons and carpenters in business. The house has to constantly be renovated and redesigned. <laughs> um, there's there's a cathedral in Germany, and uh, I remember I was talking with the stonemasons there. And I said, "So when you're finished with this, how long would it last for before you have to come back?" And they said, "Oh, we'll never finish. Once we do one side, someone will have to start on the other side." Yeah, so it's like the, uh, uh, yeah, it the fourth bridge. The fourth bridge is the same, yeah. isn't it? As soon as they finish painting, they start again, don't they? Well, I mean, it's yeah, constant. You, these buildings need constant maintenance, and I think that's fine because then that means you've got constant generations of stonemasons and painters and people with these skills carrying on. Yeah. So anyway, this place is just like absolutely bizarre, and it's quite dangerous as well because, like I said, there's doors that open out over like thirty foot drops and things like that. Hey, um, Flurry uh, Canary says there's hundred year old cockatoos out there as well. So, I mean, I didn't know what is the longest lived bird. Don't know. I know there's um. Yeah. <laughs> they're talking about the bear and the eagle. Um. Oh, they're talk they're talking about the alligator as well, and they say, "Is that it's... Mark Collett's favourite reptile?" <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, some of those is it the Galapagos. Turtles, those massive turtles, aren't they? Uh, some of those are like two, three hundred years old, aren't they? Oh yeah, they they live a long time. But you can imagine a slow, ponderous turtle having a long life. But birds, by their nature, being flighty creatures, I didn't think they'd be that long lived. Well, that and the amount of predators they've got. I mean, there's always like birds are like, unless you're like an eagle or something, you're you're always pretty low in the pecking order, aren't you? 
Mm. Mind you, I've seen uh, like a picture of a crow on top of an eagle, and it's harassing it. Uh, crows tend to be uh, uh, gits like that sort of stuff. <laughs> I ain't speech known a few old birds, apparently. <laughs> Ron Anderson so, says so birds are dinosaurs. In- I, was like, I can't <laughs> believe the way Rudy Joke hasn't come out yet. Um, Ron Anderson says birds are dinosaurs in drag. <laughs> yeah, they do look weird. I'll give them that. I used to work next to um, uh, car mechanics, and um, the owner of the business reminded me of Wayne Rooney. Looked the same. How about have you, seen, have you seen this one? Farmer is left baffled by eggs with green yolks. Yeah, those are bright green oaks. Yeah. Ugh. What's that about? Have a guess what country it's in, Hobbit. <laughs> You've got two guesses. Um, in case you get the Uruguay. first one wrong. What's that? Uruguay. India. China. India. Oh. India. Yeah, so why could... What, why, what is it that's polluting these eggs and turn them green in India? <laughs> that... Yolk looks weird as well. It's like creamy. Oh, yeah. That's uh, it, it's not now, a healthy looking egg, is it? Out of the six chicks which hatch from these eggs, fucking hell, they, ha- they exactly hatch. A few have started to lay eggs, and those yolks are also green in colour. Messed up. Oh no, there's a there's a story for grub and glory. Man dies what dies while trying to eat fifty hard boiled eggs. Oh, where's that? Oh, is that in the uh, related? Related stories, yeah. I'm I'm going to find this get green, green. Are we going to do this one then, are we? Well, no, I'm thinking that that's for that's for grabbing glory. Are we so saving what, that we'll one, save Yeah, yeah. He, he's, I guess he tried to do a cool hand, Luke. Wasn't very cool you dying, though. Yeah. A fossil of, fossil of world's largest kangaroo discovered. Where were we talking about kangaroos the other day? Was it in VC or was it on a show? I can't remember. Been talking about and grabbing glory because uh, the kangaroos are hard bastards, aren't they? Oh, that was it. It was talking about uh, boxing. Uh, what's his, what's his name? The, the hench kangaroo is dead now. What was his name? Was he? Uh, yeah. Steroid abusing kangaroo. Yeah, it's a famous kangaroo, isn't he? Because he's because uh, he's big. Because he's juiced up. Juiced up. A giant uh, lizard, the size of a car. When they say the size of the car, do they mean like the Tata Nano or Mr. Micro? Size of a small car, so they must mean a bit of 500. Do they? All right. So it's, it's not the size of a uh, Range Rover. Fuck you know, kangaroo weighing 274 kilograms and standing 22.5 metres tall. Fucking hell. So in other words, like uh, your what's typical... That in, what's, that in, um, what's that in proper proper money, Hobbit? Well, in old money, that's over 500 pounds. 250 kilos would be um, 550 pounds. So, yeah, it's close to 600 pounds. Which is what in stone? Divide 14? Um, 14, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, but you know me, 600 pounds. So, so, in other words, it's your, your, it's your average um, ethnic American, um, you know, hyph- hyphenated American. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but... but just a lot taller. So it's 140 is 10 stone. 280 is 20 stone. Oh, mate, mate, I, I think it's... Uh, so you're, look at, so you're looking it's... at something like a, 30, like a 30, 40 stone... Uh, what's two and a half metres? 
two and a half meters is well it's uh it's a lot isn't it yeah <laughs> was it three feet a meter, three feet a meter roughly yeah that's that's it in it so um 275 kilograms 43 stone there we go 43 stone and and so what's the, what's the height then hobbit while well, you got you oh yeah that we'll, we'll do um we'll do length so its length is not miles we'll go into meters and we want it in uh feet and inches oh, or just yeah. feet two and a half oh it's not 25 uh no come on i can do this 2.5 <laughs> Is eight foot, eight foot, um, t- what is one eight fifth foot. of a foot? It's more than eight feet. One fifth of an inch, 12 inches is this. Oh dear. <laughs> this hurts my head. It's I, like, I, it's I, like I countdown for dullards. I need, <laughs> like I need, to, I need to lie down. Well, hang on. A fifth of a foot is, um, you've got 12 inches in the feet. So one fifth of a foot Two inches. is... No, because there'd be if it was ten inches, that'd be one fifth. Common, I should be able to. Huh, all right, so a quarter <laughs> of a foot is four inches, right? I think no, a quarter of a foot is t- three inches. So, oh, let's just say it's two inches. It's too hard to figure out. It's eight two foot two inches. inches. Oh, two and a half inches. We'll add a bit on there. So an eight foot, <laughs> eight foot two, an eight foot two, forty three stone kangaroo. What the fuck? That's I mean, pretty. Uh, that, that, that's pretty big, isn't it? I mean, the kangaroos herbivores. Uh, just... He's got to be eating a lot of chips and meat pies in order to be that weight. Uh, fucking hell! This is this is real. This is some real fucking crap presenting hours, isn't it? It's fine, mate. It's good stuff. Yeah. This is what the audience wants. Couple they stu- they they couple they, of stuttering they... retards. They they tune in to to listen to our uh, our uh, mathematics powerhouse as we uh, convert these metric measurements into old money. Uh, kangaroos have single chambered stomachs, quite unlike those of cattle and sheep, which have four compartments. They sometimes regurgitate the vegetating they've eaten and chew it as cud, and then swallow it again for final digestion. However, this is a different, more strenuous activity than it is in ruminants. Oh. Different species oh. of kangaroos have different diets, although they're all strict herbivores. But still, you wow, wouldn't want to, okay. you won't, you won't want to be in the middle of one of their fucking rails, would you? Well, not at all. But then again, because um, you know, because uh, you know, people who go out hunting kangaroos, they have special like stab type vests for the dogs. Because what the um, kangaroos yeah. do with the, is it the back paws? They just scrape they, away, don't they? And they'd literally like disembowel the dog, wouldn't they? Well, they they rest on their tails and then they kick their legs out and yeah. they've got claws on the legs which will uh, tear uh, flesh and yeah, I mean just because something's a herbivore doesn't mean it can't fight back. I mean hippos kill far more than lions do in in Africa every year. Uh, don't cows poop kill a certain amount of people a year as well? Yeah, they do, but um, uh, you don't want to be near a cow when it's calving. I imagine they kill quite a lot in injury every year because there's there's injuries to be like, oh yes, if you cannot get any calioline, then you can use the cow poo, and that is good Ayurvedic medicine, proper thing. <laughs> Brutus is in chat. Oh yeah, there 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 he is. Yeah, <laughs> actually that was a big. 
I was in a chat with Brutus, and he, he proved to me that if you spray your walls with cow shit, it will have antifungal properties. But then you'll have walls sprayed with cow shit. Yeah, but then your place smells about cow shit, doesn't it? I know, I know. It's like, but at least it won't be mouldy. I think the hay fever's there got me. Go. I need some nettle soup, Hobbit. Uh, uh, no, what you need to get is some quail's eggs. This is a thing I can... Um, it turns out there's a, a chemical in quail's eggs. Sure, I could even tell uh, people about it if you, if you want. And uh, it, it really helps with... It. So I'm going to look up quail's eggs and, and um, uh, hay fever. So Quail's eggs, hay fever. All right. So quail's eggs for sinus allergy and asthma treatment. Right. So let's get to the bit of it. Um, you do where is it? a bit. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, sure. So whilst my, my, my uh, guest is suffering with uh, tree pollen in his nose, did you know that quail's eggs are uh, good for you? Yeah, it is. Excuse me. I'm... Uh... <clears throat> right. Uh, let me see. Where is the bit which I want to go through? Because th this article is just sort of saying like a long list of symptoms. As a rich source of vitamin A retinol and antioxidants, it acts as a natural histamine suppressor while healing the mucous membrane and neutralizing free radicals, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, but okay, so this is just sort of, this is just advertising quail's eggs you can buy from them, but it doesn't actually get. There is a chemical, and chat, if you bear with me, I'll find out what it is. Um, so it's this is not the one. Uh, let me see. Allergy relief from quail egg powder. Well, this is a vitamin retailer. So uh, maybe they'll actually mention what... There's a specific chemical in, in quail's eggs, and I think it's, it's some sort of mucus-like chemical. You eat it. And then you're much better off. Um, so what is it? What is it? The quail egg powder? No. Well, quail egg powder is just powdered eggs. You don't want to eat that. You want fresh quail's eggs. Ah, here we go. So it started in the early 1970s when a French general practitioner noticed that farmers who raised quails presented fewer allergy symptoms than the general population in the same area. One quail farmer saw the gradual disappearance of existing asthma and constant allergy-related shortness of breath in his spouse and that of his employees when the consumption of quail eggs. Another quail farmer experimented successfully with this treatment when his own family and friends confirmed this observation. The physician gave them raw quail eggs to his allergy patients, including both adults and children, who observed a reduction in their symptoms. Subsequently, keep, keep investigated... Keeping it real has got a better solution. Just get two quail mm. eggs and shove them up your nose. Oh, yeah, that will definitely stop your pollen getting up your nose. And yeah. <laughs> subsequently, I think you're investigating a bit. Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, so here we go. Ah, um, oh, we go. Uh, the clinical trials are carried out by a large group of physicians under the direction of a highly respected French allergist, physician Dr. G. Brutman. In these studies, subjects suffering from outdoor and indoor allergens were given uh, the. Uh, the uh, uh, retail name of this uh, product they're trying to sell, tablets or placebo. In addition, each of the studies, including a good-sized population, was double-blinded. Results of these studies indicate the consumption of uh, product name 
uh, to relieve the subject symptoms, a good tolerability of the administered product. Following as review, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe the chat will find out. It says, "Oh, actually, what you're looking for is this chemical here called mucinol or something like that." I, I say mucinol. I'm thinking it's something to do with mucus. You, you know that runny egg white stuff you get in eggs. Oh, you ain't got to have them. You ain't got to have them raw, have you? No, I imagine cooking them would would do the same thing. But uh, being that they're French, they're like, no, let's try it raw first and see yeah. see what go- happens. But I mean, these farmers that are tending quails, I imagine they were having um, boiled or poached quails' eggs fried. Oh, it's oh, like it's two. the mad minute. It's the mad minute. I'll just just report to everybody. It's the mad minute occurring. Oh no! One of my neighbours has got an air horn. Oh no! <laughs> I'll probably get a knock on the door soon, saying you weren't out there. Eight pm clapping. You haven't do, done do, your do, stand- do, state mandate- mandated happy clap. Do, do you hate? Do you hate our god, the NHS? What, why are do you, you a heretic? To die? Is that it? Do you want people to die? Is that why you're not clapping? You know. Uh, Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, mate. I want people to yeah. die. Did you see that? More um, people. Since we're talking about the NHS, did you see that video earlier on? Um, I think it was on uh, Twitter, and uh, it was literally somebody filming the filming of a TikTok video. <laughs> and, like, most people were standing around, going like, "What the fuck's going on?" How long do we have to keep this hole cleared out for? Oh, they're, they're yeah. just going to be filming something, and then they can go back to normal. Valeri Canary says, I thought somebody was tossing off in the alley. <laughs> hmm. Mm. I wonder what kangaroo tastes like. I've never eaten it. I don't know, but I know what happens when you cross a kangaroo and a sheep. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. Tell me. Woolly jumper. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was just, I was just like trying to imagine the logistics of how the Welshman's going to hold on whilst it's uh, jumping all around. <laughs> What is this madness all about with the NHS? We need to do an episode on the NHS because I'm still I'm starting to think it's some sort of fucking doomsday cult. Oh, this this is proper woo woo stuff, isn't it? I yeah. mean, like I said, I, I need to drive through this uh, village where the, the tosser lives, or oh, I've mentioned before, and this tosser used to have a flag of the EU in um, outside. Oh, fuck off, all you! Um. He used to have a flag of the EU outside his house, but now he's got a rainbow flag with the NHS emblazoned on it. Oh, God. I mean, uh, it's getting to the point now where I want a, a cross a St. George flag so I can just go around and people's like, uh, you no, I want, football a, I want a booper flag. I'm going to start flying a booper flag, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, uh, but I want to cross the St. George, and when they say, you're a football hooligan, it's like, I'm a Christian, you fuckwit. This is the cross of St. George. Yeah. The Templar. Mm. Now get off my doorstep before I run you through. <laughs> like, a good, like a good Templar would. Deus Vault, you yeah. heathen. Yeah. 
Uh, right, so have you finished with the quail's eggs now? Or... Oh, um, no, I'm not eating quail's eggs. No, I meant your bit on the quail's eggs. Oh, you... yeah, yeah. Suffice to say, chat, I mean, if you can find out what the, the active ingredient is in quail's eggs, that helps with hay fever. I'm just reading the chat, and it's like, uh, Fairy Canary says a bit about tossing off in the alley, and hate speech says, it could have been me. <laughs> Right, so cattle mutilation, also known as bovine excision, which sounds pretty creepy, an unexplained livestock death, is the killing and mutilation of cattle under unusual, usually bloodless and anomalous circumstances. Worldwide, sheep, sheep, horses, goats, pigs, rabbits, cats, dogs, bison, beer and elk have all been reported mutilated with similar bloodless excisions. Often ear, eyeball, jaw flesh, tongue, lymph nodes, genitals and rectum are removed. Since the first port... It's just a Frenchman, isn't it? Well, I think I figured this out. It's just somebody who's French, isn't it? Who wants to eat lymph nodes, though? I don't know. They're a bit chewy. No, they're full of pus. You definitely don't want to eat lymph. Yeah. Uh, so, since the first reports of animal mutilations, various explanations have been offered, ranging from ball lightning, Venus, swamp gas. No, natural de- natural decomposition to not a normal predation to cults and secretive secretive governmental and military agencies to a range of speculations, including cryptid predators like chupacabra and extraterrestrials. Mutilations have been the subject of two independent federal in- investigations in the U.S. Did they go nowhere? Yeah, well, where do they ever go? I don't know. I mean, it's like with the um, with the various governments around the world d- uh, disclosing what information they have about UFOs. I want them to say, oh, yeah, we've been working with these grey aliens for a while, and they go around uh, mutilating animals, and they keep on doing it, and they're very scientific about it. Yeah, so the earliest known documentary outbreak of unexplained livestock deaths occurred early in 1606 about the city of London and some of the shires adjoining. Whole slaughters of sheep have been made, and in some places to to number 100, in others less, where nothing is taken from the sheep but their tallow and some inward parts and the whole carcasses and fleece remaining still behind. Of this sundry conjectures, but most agree that, that it tendeth towards some fireworks. That's a bit weird, isn't it? The outbreak was noted Tended in the official Wilson records Palmer. of the court of James I of England. Hmm. Strange so, enough. Charles Fort collected many accounts of cattle mutilations that occurred in England in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Obviously, Charles Fort, the man who after the, who this podcast is named after. That's where 14 comes from. I didn't know that. Did you not know that? It comes from Charles Fort. He was a... He was a rich guy. I might as well tell you a bit about Charles Fort then. Charles Hoy I didn't Fort. know about the etymology of Fortean. So Charles Hoy Fort, August 6th, 1874 to May 3rd, 1932, was an American writer and researcher who specialised in anonymous, anonymous, anomalous phenomena. The terms Fortean... It's easy for you to say. It is, isn't it? Uh, Fortean and Fortiana mm. are sometimes used to characterise various such phenomena. Fort's book sold well and are still in print. His work continues to inspire admirers who refer to themselves as Fortians and it has influenced some aspects of science fiction. 
So if you want to read some Charles Fort, Fort's collections of scientific anomalies, including The Book of the Damned, 1919, influenced numerous science fiction writers and their iconoclastic scepticism and sources of ideas. Fortian phenomena are events which seem to challenge the boundaries of accepted scientific knowledge. And the Fortian Times, founded as the News in 1973 and and renamed in 1976, investigates such phenomena. And we're not affiliated with them. I think it's it's worth uh, just pointing that out again. Yeah, we've never met Charles Fort. No, no. Nor that bloke from Fortean Times with the one with the beard. Oh, Lionel, Lionel Fanthorpe, the uh, the motorbiking yeah. vicar. Yeah, I've I've never met him. Surprising, uh, because he sounds like he's from down your way. Oh, doubtless I might have seen him in passing, but I don't know him and uh, not shaking sure his like, oh yeah, you're the editor of that magazine I like. Uh, no, he was just he just did the TV, didn't he? The TV programme. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, because that's what popularised it. Oh no, there's sirens as well. There's probably going to be a knock on my door. Oh, no, you won't bump into him because he's uh, born in Deer, born in Deerham in Norfolk, and he lives in Cardiff, South Wales. Ah, good. Yeah, I haven't met him. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just heard sirens out door. There might be a knock on my door saying, uh, "Why weren't you clapping?" You didn't do your state mandated clap. Yeah, you 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 are arrested uh, for for blasphemy. So, right, did you want to? Uh, so I'll, I'll do it. Um, right, physical ta- characteristics of mutilations. In most cases, mutilation wounds appear to be clean and carried out surgically. Mutilated animals are sometimes, though not always, reported to have been drained of blood and show no, no sign of blood in the immediate area around their wounds. According to Howard Burgess, nearly 90% of mutilated cattle are between four and five years old. The absence of tracks or footprints around the site of mutilated carcass is often considered a hallmark of cattle mutilation. However, in some cases, strange marks or imprints near the site have been found. In the famous Snippy case, there was an absolute absence of tracks within a 100-foot radius of the carcass, even though the horse's own tracks disappeared within a 100 feet of the body. But within this radius, several small holes were found seemingly punched in the ground and two bushes were absolutely flattened. Uh, so it was lifted up into the air. Seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so in June 1976, a trail of suction cup-like impre- impressions were found leading from a mutilated three-year-old cow. The indentations were in a tripod form, four inches in diameter and 20, 28 inches apart, and disappeared 500 feet from the dead cow. Similar inc- incidents were reported in the area in 1978. So we have some laboratory reports. Laboratory reports carried out on some mutilated animals have shown unusually high or low levels of vitamins or minerals in tissue samples and the the presence of chemicals not normally found in animals. However, not all mutilated animals display these anomalies and those that do have slightly different anomalies from one one to another. On account of the time between death and necropsy, and a lack of background information on specific cattle investigators have found it impossible to determine if these variations are connected to the animal's deaths or not. 
Uh, in one case documentary by the New Mexico Police and the FBI, an 11-month-old Hereford Charlois. On the right, um, it means Charles the King, Charlois. Charlois. Uh, belonging to a Mr. Man- Man- Manuel Gomez of Dolce, New Mexico, was found mutilated on March the 24th, 1978. It displayed classic mutilation signs, including the removal of the rectum and sex organs with what appeared to be a sharp and precise instrument, and its internal organs were found to be inconsistent with a normal case of death followed by predation. Both the liver and heart were white and mushy. Both organs had the texture and consistency of peanut butter. What do you think to that, then, Hobbit? Um, I, I mean, I can't speak for liver, which is quite a flabby and rubbery organ, it's, but... The heart is a tough muscle. It's a, it's, a, it's a lump of muscle and gristle, and it's got all sorts of blood vessels snaking in and outside of it because the heart needs to be nourished by blood. It doesn't get its sustenance from the um, uh, thing itself. So that it would be the consistency of peanut butter and mushy. I mean, that means it's been completely pulped. One of the things I find fascinating about that is you, they're saying that They've got elevated levels of hormones and vitamins in their bodies, yeah. or, 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 or like depleted of. levels. It can be both, yeah. depleted or extra. So to me, what it sounds like is that there's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, until some proves otherwise, that grey aliens in flying saucers pick them up. That's why they're flying around, because they either grab them or they've got a teleporter beam which holds them up. Uh, they, they do their vivisection on them, probably when they're alive. Yeah, and then when they're done with it, they just drop it off. And I'm thinking to myself, why would they drop it off? Why not just, like, steal it? And then people just go, oh, well, it's, a, it's a cattle theft. It's, yeah. uh, you know, why, why leave evidence of this weird stuff going along? But this evidence is there, and this evidence shows that it's not normal predators doing it. And I don't think people with just basic surgical tools could alter the hormone levels. In well, the they, they, there's... Well, the- when you go into some of these, some some of the um, cases say there's a really specific level of cutting. I mean, really, like more accurate than with a scalpel. Some of it I've, I've read up. Some of the cases I've read about. Yeah, I mean, it's stuff where you search a surgeon and they say I couldn't do that, and I don't know any surgeon alive that could do. That. Yeah. Um, incredibly precise stuff. I mean, am I right in thinking I might be jumping the gun here, but there's like corpses where the blood vessels have been removed or the nerves have been removed whilst not damaging all the other organs? I haven't found any... I, I haven't personally read about stuff like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was possible. One of the weirdest one I, I read about was like there was a dog. Somebody saw this like mysterious dog thing and it was ripping ears out at the root. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> What is the root of, of an ear? Yeah, exactly. But they were like r- just ripping ears off of, um, I think it was sheep. I mean, the only thing I can think of of ear ripping is Vincent van Gogh or Chopper Harris. Yeah. <laughs> right, so the animal's heart as well as bone and muscle samples were sent to the Los Alamos Scientific Laboratory for microscopic and bacteriological studies. While samples from the animal's liver were sent to two separate private lab- laboratories. Los Alamos detected the presence of naturally occurring Clostridium bacteria in the heart. Do you know what that is? Sorry, I was just in the middle of suppressing a sneeze. 
Yeah, <laughs> Clostridium is is one of those, like Streptococcus albans and uh, the the other one. The, the, every every like living creature and thing is covered in bacteria, and Clostridium is something which you get in your skin, but is not usually in your internal organs. Well, basically, uh, Hobbit. If you look in the uh, mutilations channel, it's the top one. I'm go- I'm going through the Wikipedia first before I go through some of the articles. I'm down at laboratory reports. If you want to read along. Hmm. Mm, so uh, let's see. Cattle mutilations. Yep. I mean, I'm not sure if if this is same for another episode, but this will tie into alien implants. Yeah, we can do we can do alien implants implants at some point. Hmm. Yeah. So Los, Am- yeah. Los Alamos detected the presence of naturally occurring Clostridium bacteria in the heart, but were, was unable to reach any conclusions because of the possibility that the bacteria re- represented post mortem contamination. No microscopic changes of pathological significance were found in the heart tissue. So here's mm. the one. Samples from the animal's liver were found to be completely devoid of copper and to contain four times the normal level of zinc, potassium and phosphorus. The scientists performing the analysis were unable to explain these anomalies. Well, if it's devoid of copper, it's got to be pikeys that are taking them, isn't it? I bet. <laughs> was it, did it have low levels of lead as well? Yes, space, space pikeys. There we go. They go in their flying saucer transit vans and they just go <laughs> nicking lead, lead and copper out of people's animals. So does that does that say anything to you? So, like no copper and yeah. four times a normal yeah, of zinc, we, we, I don't know. I, I'm so, I'm not enough of a biologist to say that. Oh yeah, this would indicate this, this, and this has happened because. I mean, the only thing I could say is if you've got elevated levels of adrenochrome, that shows that adrenaline's been coursing through their body, and adrenochrome is one of the um, metabolites of of adrenaline. So that indicates if uh, a creature or a human's been tortured, they'll have adrenochrome in, in their body. Right, so blood samples taken at the scene were reported to be light pink in colour. So does that mean, like, highly oxygenated then, does it? Hobbit or something. No, like, no. I, I, I've I've seen arterial blood before. It's bright red, whereas ve- venous blood is is dark red, like a uh, almost mahogany in some cases color um, yeah. or maroon. Um, did not clot for, for, after several days as well. Well, there you go. It, it has something added to it. I mean, it, I, I want to say a plasticizing agent, but that would that would clot it. So this has got something inside it, which is. Uh, which has changed the colour from red to pink, and it stops it from clotting. So what chemicals can stop blood from clotting? An anticoagulant? Warfarin. Uh, I don't know. There's not enough information, is there? Because, like, um, rat poison. Rat poison. isn't it? No, because rat poison makes the blood so thin that it goes through the organs that, that it seeps out through the organs doesn't it that's how blood that's how blood poison works that's how rat poison works isn't it oh okay because i, I know like uh well there's there's numerous sorts of rat poison uh uh you're not supposed to use it but if i've heard of people using nicotine um 
to, as a poison, which is vasoconstrictive. And I that think just... warfarin, warfarin's the main one, isn't it? You know, the one that they give to people after they've had um, heart operations and things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, literal rat poison. It's like here you go, have some of this. I've just, I've just informed, been informed by my research. research apparently, hemorrhin is the one. Hem heparin. Heparin, sorry. Oh, heparin. Yeah. Heparin. Write that down, Jamie. <laughs> Light pink in colour, didn't clot. Oh, there's, there's a citation for this, so I'm going to click on the citation and see. Operation Cattleman Section 4, FBI report. Ah. Um... This this FOIA request. Oh, this is just like a hand typed document from nineteen sixty. So there won't oh, be it? any photographs. Yeah, there there won't be any photographs on it saying what color light pink it is. Uh, um, but there, there is actually things that was talking about. Can I can I zoom in on this? No, I can't. I'm on vault.fbi.gov, so uh, maybe we'll be getting a knock on the door. Why were you looking up animal mutilations? Oh, you're looking oh, no, at the flesh underneath found to be discoloured. That link there. Oh uh, no, no, I, I just it, it, the citation for light pink in colour, citation eleven. So I'm looking at here, and it's like uh, findings, but heart muscle, no microscopic changes of pathological significance were found. Blimey, it's twenty-seven um, animu animal mutilation. There's um, the one I'm on is hmm. uh, mu animal mutilation, twenty-seven pages of it. Really oh, here we go. Copied, so, isn't it? Mm. So I'm I'm looking here. This bacteriology. It says a specimen obtained from a heart chamber was cultured and shown to contain a rod-shaped organism uh, identified as Clostridium species. Well, Clostridium just means it's rod-shaped. Definitive classification was not made. There we go. It's just it, yeah, some sort of bacteria was in the heart, which looked consistent with what Clostridium looks like. Um, but yeah, th this is, th sorry, sorry, chat. I'm, I'm scrolling through hand typed, handwritten documents here. That's, that's which, photos started really badly. Yeah. It, it, and, uh, unfortunately there's, there's no diagrams or something which is pertinent, but I just, I'm on this like, what color? Like, oh, it, say, it says in the one, I, it says in the one I found the liver was checked against the healthy food market liver. They just mm -hmm. went down. Yeah. They just went down the fucking butchers and bought a liver. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, for that—that's what I would. If I was working in a lab and I'd be like, "Hey, look, I, I don't eat liver. Is this what liver should look like?" Well, you know, here's fifty cents. Go and buy some liver from the butcher and compare them. Yeah. Look at under the microscope. Um. Yeah, yeah. But here's the bit which I, I mean, you said this before, but I'm I'm scrolling up to it. I'm gonna do like here's what you said ten minutes ago. Um Rio Ariba country, New York, New New Mexico, sorry, in June nineteen seventy six. Ah yeah, so I see that now. The pinkish blood is a control type of radiation used to kill the animal. According to this is really hard to read. According to something experts, the red Corpuddles? Corpal? Corp it's not Corp corpuscles. Corpuscles. Corpuscles are destroyed, leaving the pale pinkish colour. Does that mean anything to you, Hobbit? The red corpuscles are destroyed, leaving a pale pinkish... Yeah, so they're saying the red blood cells have been obliterated. 
Yeah. Which leaves a so the pale pink color is I'm guessing it's the color of blood plasma with the iron from the hemoglobin mixed it. Oh, so Weird. it says a probable a probable explanation for the pinkish blood is a control type is a control type of radiation used to kill the animal, according to radiation that must be radiation experts. The red the red whatever you said are destroyed, leaving the pale pinkish colour. All toxicology findings on blood are negative because of the dissemination of the radiation i'm gonna to have to guess because it yeah because the right hand side of the page is missing so anything to, at the right hand side of the page you have to guess well i i know from um aseptic technique and and dealing with like uh, contaminated lab samples you mm. you put all contaminated lab equipment and samples well you either incinerate the samples if you want to recycle any of it you stick it into an autoclave an autoclave is a pressure cooker which goes to 180 degrees and uses steam but they found that if you use um, an autoclave, which does all the steaming, but you also put microwave beams into it, it's even more effective at destroying bacteria, fungus, and viruses. So um, biocontainment labs, they use uh, steam um, microwave oven autoclaves. And uh, yeah, you could use a microwave tuned to a certain frequency, which would shatter red blood cells. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, this is... I mean, this is... Uh, it's quite because interesting. The thing I, think is about... might, I think it might just do this and <laughs> do the rest of the... Because this is quite good, isn't it? Because you've got an actual FBI report to go through, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, so we're looking at Citation 11, is it? Uh, I mean, because I, so. I just I closed that. So if uh, I go... It was 1976, the liver and stuff was pulped. Um, where, where was it was saying about... Oh yeah, citation eleven. So if I go to well, citation I'm on page eleven, page four out of twenty-seven of the PDF. Oh yeah, um, God, I wish I could download this PDF. Is there a way I could do that? To oh yeah, here we go. I can click on it there. Yeah, you can click on it. Downloading from FBI.gov. So well, I'm clicking on it, so you don't have to, audience. <laughs> so um, it yeah. says Martinez, who was visiting his son-in-law, Marich. I can barely read this, so it's Mauricio Gomez, I assume, brother of Manuel mm. Gomez, heard a low-flying aircraft in the vicinity of where the mutilated ball, ball was found at approximately 3am on 4th of 24th, 78. Yeah. The four-inch circular uh, imprints were identical to the ones found in a similar tortilla. Mutilation. Basically, what it is, the right-hand side of the... They didn't photostatic properly so the right hand side of the page is missing so that must be mutilation yeah, yeah uh, approximately 30 miles east of Dulce on June the 13th 1976 which also involved one of Mirror Mr. Manuel Mr. Gomez's Manuel, cattle yeah. yeah investigation of these strange mutilations have I been think that's hampered. hampered yeah yeah hampered um, I'm sorry, chat, but we're we're missing like uh, an inch of uh, the the document here. Have been hampered inability to find laboratories which will perform tests and report accurate findings. This writer was fortunate enough to have found this muta this situation muta I think it's this situation shortly after it occurred. I assume CCC means occurred. Yeah, I've just, just put it up so chat can hmm. see how bad this thing is we're trying to read. 
Yeah, so chat, if if you're here, we're on page four at the moment. In either case, should I give them the FBI link? Yeah, can do. I don't, I don't think you'll get in any trouble uh, re reading this chat. So let me just uh, copy this here. Oh, I've done it. Oh, Flurry Canary helped us out. Um, Anticoagulationuk.org. Um, list of anticoagulants. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I mean, the thing is that something was done to the well, blood we, to well, make we it. Well, we know now. Now we've read this, we know it wasn't anticoagulant. We know it was radiation that was used to break down the blood. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, so what I'm doing in other cases, animals are found only days or weeks after mutilation. It is uh, the it is writer's opinion that these animals have been in have been something for something time before they are mutilated also investigation shows that all mutilations are to native cattle in rio ara county approximately 15000 herd of steers imported from arizona mexico texas uh, another county have not been mutilated. I think that's etc. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's an ECT. Yeah, that yeah. is an ECT. Again, chat. I mean, you can see here it's it's <laughs> a poor copy. Yeah. Uh, it is writer's theory that these animals are picked up by aircraft, mutilated clandestine, elsewhere, elsewhere, mutilated elsewhere, and returned and dropped from aircraft. This is indirect. From bruise marks and broken bones or cattle. So they, they dropped out of the plane. Identical mutilations have been taking place all uh, over the indicated. Southwest. I think that is this is indicated from bruised neck bruise bruise, oh, mark, yeah. bruise marks and broken bones on cattle. I did can you bruise post mortem? I'm Ooh, no, they, no, there's no blood. Them there's no... Dead. Yeah, they must be. So they're not even dead when they're dropping them. Identical mutilations have been taking place all over the southwest. It is something that no eyewitnesses to these incidents have been have come forward, or that no accidents or have occurred. Uh, mangled word to admit that whoever is responsible for the mutilations is well organized, well -organized with boundless technology and financing and sorcery and secrecy. Oh, secrecy. Secrecy. Yeah. Yeah. Secrecy sorcery. It's sorcery. one one letter off. Yeah. Um Writer is presently I mean, getting that's, it. that's really that's really interesting considering this is in an FBI report. Well, yeah, I mean the FBI report is is having to say, you know, what they think. And it, it yeah. just, just I'll read the last sentence here. It says writer is presently getting equipment though through the efforts of Dr. Edwards. Oh, fr through the efforts of Dr. Edward Burgess, unrecognizable word, some some initials, to detect substances on the cattle which might mark them and be her, her, be pie, be, <laughs> be, be uh, pinched, uh, pinched on all Mr. Goes's cattle in the near future. Oh, uh, oh, he says. Sorry, I'm I'm going from page four, and then I'm going from where it says PI to page five, where it says eight narrative. 
up by infrared rays, but not visible to the naked eye. These oh, picked up by infrared rays, but not visible to the naked eye. These tests will be on all of Mr. Gomez's cattle in the near future. Assisting in this investigation is Ms. Bird, yeah. New Mexico Cattle Sanitary Board, and Mr. Bovine Burgess, Mr. Albuquerque. Howard Burgess, Howard Burgess, Albuquerque, oh, ha- and then some yeah. initials. And then Gabriel Valdez signed it. But yeah, I mean, I tell you what, um, have you ever heard of something called Slow Scan TV? This might tie into a true crime thing. Mm. Well, slow scan TV is this way that you can use, um, you know, a fax machine sends like uh, wobbly noises, and then yeah. the fax machine on the other end will turn that into an image. Yeah, well, also, slow scan also TV- like your old Commodore 64 when it used to do all yeah, yeah. Used to press the play on the tape and you'd hear all the um, data being. Infringed. Just like my Sinclair Spectrum, I say my Sinclair Spectrum, my uncle's Sinclair Spectrum, which like, he'd let me play with. Yeah. Um, slow scan TV was the same sort of thing. Like, say you got like a policeman out in the field and they wanted a mugshot. They'd use the police radio. They'd send a warbly thing. And then your, your slow scan TV on the other side would like scan line by line the image. And uh, I was shown it today. Is this I, that I had short, to... shortwave thing we were talking about during the number station episode? Hey, you know, that is the same... Yeah, it's the same thing where you can encode images in, in sound. Um, but this this way it works. It just uses free frequency bands. So you can sort of hear a very high-pitched whistling. It sounds a bit like a waltz because it's... Well, did you hear the bit when they talk about the warble? There's a warble. Uh, people heard a, a trill. I think the trill sound mm. is what they say when these cattle oh, go, okay. miss, go missing. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about it. Hey, this is really good. Um, because I'm looking at your the thing on uh, YouTube here. Yeah. Um, you, and what's happening there is because of YouTube's uh, compression of the video feed, it's managing to do uh, n- n- noise sampling. Oh, it's so all it these up, like, it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's cleared them up. What you need to do is get it on page five. I think it. Yeah, it's it's page five where it's got like a signature. Just hover it on that for like half a minute and see if it clears it up a lot. Where do you want it? You... Page five. Which bit of page five? Oh, that page. Uh, oh, page five is just like where he's got the signature. Respectfully submitted, Gabriel yeah. Valdez. Yeah, and let's just um, let's see if it will uh, if it will clear it up because the the little bits of noise you see there that to me suggests that it's been transmitted over radio waves or some other really noisy medium. Um, isn't it? Isn't there some? What's what's the older version of photocopying? Is it a photostat? Is it? Uh, no, I've remember. never, I've never encountered a photostat, but I'm sure. Yeah. There's, I'm sure there's an old, there's a like pre-photocopying version of copying. It's incredible watching YouTube's compression algorithm dealing with this noise and going like, oh, this isn't actually what you want to see. So. Yeah, it's making it more legible. I'm going to make it big screen and and just have a look at that. And up by infrared rays, but not visible to me. That's incredible. So I'm looking at that, and it's doing error correction, and it's making it easier to read than it is the actual PDF on my screen here. Uh, so I got it on the other screen as well. Sorry, chat. This is just satisfying my autism about error correction and image handling. <laughs> We aren't going to talk about cattle mutilations. I just I learned about slow scan TV today, and I understand it's a way you can send fax images over um, uh, 
a civilian or, or police band radio. Right, so Photostat machine or Photostat was an early projection photocopier created in the decade in the 1900s by a commercial camera company which became the Photostat Corporation. The Photostat... Created in the decade in the 1900s? Yeah. Yeah. Decade. Pe- people like their, their weird language, don't they? Yeah. Uh, there's no like, I'm sure I'm sure that was photostatted rather mm. than photocopied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they digitized it so we can read this stuff. All right. Both the rectigraph and the photostat machines consi- consisted of a large camera that photographed documents or papers and exposed exposed an image directly onto rolls of sensitized photographic paper that were about thirty feet long. A prism was placed in front of the lens to reverse the image. After a 10-second exposure, the paper was direct, directed to developing and fixing baths where neither, and then either air or machine dry, dried. Since the print was directly exposed without the use of an intermediate film, the result was a negative print. A typical typewritten document would appear on the photostat print with a black background and white letters. Thanks to the prism, the text will remain legible. Using photostats took, took about two minutes in total. The result could in turn be photostatted again to make any number of positive prints. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm reading, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling ahead to page six where Donald Peterson gives a bacteriological report of the tissue samples. He says, it's inconclusive. Yeah, there's some clostridium contamination in the heart muscle, but that could have happened post-mortem. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I, I, I mean, Mr. What was his name? Gabriel Valdez. The, the, yeah, Gabriel L. Valdez. His, 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 his conclusions that, you know, this, this, whoever's got this has got great secrecy in technology and uh, oh God, this sorcery. Have you seen page eight? Uh, let's get to page eight then. Page eight. Uh, you have a go at reading that. That's awful. All right. Okay. Chat. Uh, Hemi's going to stop it on page eight, and hopefully YouTube will make it easy for you to read. But if you full screen it now, and uh, uh, Hemi, why do... one second. I'll be back in one second. Okay. Okay. So whilst he's doing that, I'm going to look at here on on the YouTube, and I'm going to look at my thing. Here. So I'm looking on my local copy here, and it says. On 6-14-78, I was contacted by Mr. Martinez Gomez at 2 p.m. Reference? And what does the YouTube say? No, the YouTube is actually even more illegible on reference. Reference mutilation, which had taken place at his... Uh, his Verna Ranch? What does that say? At his... I, I can't read that word. Sorry, chat. So you you can read along with me here. 13 miles east of Dulce, investigation at scene revealed that a four-year-old Hereford native something, 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 the carcass was lying on its, it's got left crossed out and right hand written on its right side with tongue and sex organs precisely removed. Uh, pinkish blood from her nose was visible, and the left. Are you actually front reading that leg... through YouTube? Uh, yes. The, <laughs> the, the, if you made it fit to page, um, you might have to like control and scroll wheel it. Um, but yeah. 
Wait, it's fit to screen as... Uh, it's on fit to screen at the moment. I mean, if on the... Mm. Uh, well, the... if I could... I'm not sure... I can't do a screen share because we're on, on Discord, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm... No. I'm re yeah, so... But anyway, right side of time... Width. There you go. Yeah, ah, there. So you chat, you'll see this in a bit. So uh, Finkish blood from a nose was visible, and the left front, something, something, something missing. The left leg was broken. What page uh, are you on, anyway? Eight. I'm on eight. I'm on page eight. Um, uh, just past Pinkish blood. I'm on the next line because, like, half it's legible. How many lines down is that? Uh, so Pinkish blood is the fifth line down. So, oh, pinkish blood from her nose was wiggly, visible, wiggly ball. And the left <laughs> front leg was something, 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 something. You know what? They don't need to uh, redact stuff. They're just photostat it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. It's like, oh, no, it's, well, we've, re we've released this information to the public. Parts were visible on the lower left leg. Claw of vice had been fastened. Clamp or vice have been passed. No imprints or tracks, tracks around. Uh, uh, mutilation site was approximately 500 yards north of the something. Yeah. Mutilated animal on June 14th, 1976. Investigation of the, the, the elsewhere and distilled and... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, chat, but... I mean, you you can, it, it's it's so illegible. It's just like there's so much information here. They they could probably be just like, oh yes, we detected an element not seen uh, no, previously that's just, discovered. That's just as bad on uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. YouTube can't. YouTube's just like, I'm sorry, Matt, I can't deal with this. This <laughs> um, so what, what page nine. I mean, the fact is, chat, you, you've got the links to it. You can read it if you want to yourself. But there's 27 pages of these cattle mutilations. Yeah. But we, we don't want to focus just on that because we, we want to get on to all of it, don't don't we, Hemi? Um, well, you can, I, mean, I, th I think this is quite interesting because at least we've got an actual document, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking the big picture here, you know, what what's going on? Why do these space aliens want to, like, do uh, such... You know, vivisection of our animals, and why, why are they doing it to them live? Don't they understand that's inhumane? Or yeah. Do they care? I mean, we're guessing if these things are bruised, that they're literally fucking coring out the sexual organs, mushing its fucking heart up, taking its eyes out, and then just literally dumping. Microwaving it fucking... its blood. Yeah, and then just fucking dumping it out on the on the field, still like quivering. I mean, honestly, these people need a strongly written letter from RSPCA. Yeah, <laughs> that'll stop it. That'll learn them. We, we we need to get our most powerful radio telescopes to beam a message to Sirius the dog star and say, "Oi, sort it out. We need stop. Karen. We need space Karens. We need space Karens to go we, up there and sort this out." I think Sirius is about thirty-one light years from Earth, so in about thirty-one years' time, they'll be like. Oh, they they said they'll fine us if we keep on mutilating their cattle. All well, right, do you, let's do just you know focus about on... the um. I don't know how much alien law you know, Hobbit, but do you know? Is it the? Oh, I can't remember which American president it was signed a signed a deal with the Pleiadians, allowing them to um, kidnap people. 
Cool. Is it Truman? I want to say Truman. When, when did this happen? Whenever Truman was president. What? Yeah, I, d I didn't know about the Pleiadian deal, but yeah. was that a Pleiadian bargain? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, chat, but you know, got 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 to have a few jo jokey jokes whilst we talk about yeah. uh, organs being pulped into peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, the reason I mentioned Sirius as well is just that the Egyptians seem to put great importance on it, and they got their great pyramid. Um, the only star you can see through that chamber is Sirius. So you know what's up with that then? Uh, if you go down Why to page twelve, attached is a portion of some correspondence received from Ser Senate Senator Harrison Schmidt, indicating that fifteen mutilation of animals have occurred in Indian country in New Mexico over the past three years. When he's saying Indian, does he mean curry Indian or or what? I mean, do, do these animal mutilations occur in India? Um, no, Indian country. It must be a part of Mexico, mustn't it? I, I don't know. Was this like mid seventies? So I assume they were like. Um... I, I I also assume that the, this is going on in other parts of the world as well, but yeah, it's not just the FBI. I've like, found quite a few British reports. I don't know if you want if you want to go through a few. Yeah, I'm just wondering if this is happening in Germany or Russia or like Africa. Well, I mean, if it's happening in Africa, I mean, forget about it. But uh, <laughs> we we are searching for the murder. Uh, you're there. Did you, you do it? If you go to the next link down, which is Beams Investigations, there's some. Uh, reports from england beams investigation ah th this is this is in the stack is it yeah uh, yeah yeah uh so there's, um, a few, there's a few british ones so we could do some uh, uh, uh let's see animal mutilations disturbing cases Bempton, from i want to do an episode on bempton because that's quite an interesting place okay so we'll do the one uh, latest beams farm animal so we'll do the one from the 10th of the 10th, 2016. Latest farm animal mutilation case. Uh, Middleswich near Northwich. Which is in Cheshire. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know where in the step because I, I'm looking like the one after... Oh, yeah, right at the top, it's cattle mutilation. Then you've got Beams investigations about... That's the one. Click on that link. And then part yeah. way down that page, you'll see a load of dates. A uh, load of dates. Ah, yes. 2016, so, you said. 10, Latest 10, farm animal Yeah. That's the one, yeah. This warning, this case is not for those who are easily made to feel sick or disgusted. So our audience so, should be... Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're offended by, like, uh, mutilated corpses of a lamb's body, look away now. Excuse me. Yeah, I think this... Um, oh, this is going to be big. <laughs> this is a nice big clear picture for you, uh, for you ghouls yeah, in the I'm, chat. I'm, I'm looking at the, the lamb's carcass now, and it's got like... Well, got, the I've head has been... I've got the sheep's head up first. Do you see how the jawbone's been stripped? Oh, yeah. So we'll go to the sheep's... The sheep's... Shevered, shevered, severed sheep's head. How was it I was able to say seashells, seashells by the seashore? Well, I can't say a severed <laughs> sheep -shevered, sheep's head. Sheep-shevered head. Yeah, it's easy for you to say. Yeah. Um, that looks like it's been exsanguinated because there's there's no blood or other fluids coming out. 
the eyes completely. Now, mind you, maybe that's the work of ants or other insects. That's been there. No, for, I mean, that's it, been there for a long while. So I, I think this one's pretty inconclusive. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty. And I'm just having a look at the carcass as well. It's, that's been there for a very, car. very long time, hasn't it? To be dried out like that. Yeah, that that's that that's had it. That that carcass. I mean, there's bits of wool scattered around. That's not a fresh kill, but the lamb's head and lamb's body and evidence of coring. Well, I'm just right, going to so look also at this a few evidence. feet away. There were two dead lambs. One with its head missing, with the other with an eye cord out, plus a hole where I think the sexual organ had been removed, and another hole to the stomach. So this is real stuff. Oh, it's nasty. I, I don't like seeing those blue bottles over the corpse. Yeah, that's horrible, isn't it? I don't like the idea that these animals, you know, they've been um, uh, experimented on whilst alive as well. I mean, that that's that's practically how that. Because yeah. that that can't be that can't be predation, can it? The one with the with the hindquarter missing. No, because there there'd be teeth marks on it. If, if you zoom zoom in, if you click on it, because that's that's the full. You know, go back to that lamb's head again. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the ribs at the minute. Yeah, I know. But if you go back to the lamb's head, you yeah. can click on it to make it big because that the actual image itself I is, can't is massive. Control. It just goes massive. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, the I, I, I know. So I'm looking at this this now, and um, yeah, that's quite cleanly uh, taken out that eye, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at the the eye socket. There's nothing there. It's and the thing is, judging like its ears and the hairs and wool and stuff, it's it's freshly dead. Um, yeah. there is a, a little bit of sign of blood on the uh, on the wool around the eye socket. So that to me suggests that the eye was pulled out, and yeah. that was quite messy. And, these creatures which did it didn't bother to uh, to clean up, but fuck's sake, why are they doing this? Yeah, it's uh, so. Then we're looking. I at mean, lambs. I I know that I know the godless demons which come from deep within the earth, but you know they tie this yeah, into the hollow like earth. Why, why have they done that with the head? Well, the demons aren't they? they it's. Yeah. I, I mean, I even think to myself because here's the thing, right? I remember reading years ago. I was in like a. See, look, there's no, there's no blood anywhere near that body, is there? No, it's it's. Whereas I was, I, when I zoomed in on the picture of the head, I was looking at the eye socket. I could see there was a few um, red hairs around the eye socket, which just yeah. to me the eye was pulled out. Um, but it's yeah, it's 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 bizarre. I mean. Here's the thing. I was on a mate's bog years ago, and one of the books he had on his uh, t table was this one about this guy that was working in UFOs, and he was receiving. Um, he, he was he was picked by the Air Force because he could be telepathic. He could pick up messages uh, just using power of his mind, and he was being trained to pick up alien messages, not just human ones. And he said he had to pack it in because he just couldn't deal with these greys the way they just like machine-like emotionlessly talk about all the animal mutilations they've done. It's just like cataloging like, oh yeah, this animal had so many millimetres of blood and uh, almost doing like a jahans, like 10 centilitres of semen, yeah. uh, 500 centilitres of blood. Am I, st am I still here? 
Yeah, you're still there, Hobbit. I'm just letting you go off, King. Yeah, it's, uh, Jim Cook's a CSI YouTube division. CSI. Yeah, so he got fed up. Yeah, he, he just got fed up with it because it's like um, there's nothing, there's nothing good coming of this. There's no progress and there's no end in sight to it. So why the fuck do they keep on doing this? I mean, and all I'm just thinking to myself is, well, they're not taking joy in it because it the, these uh, creatures. Oh, do you want to watch a video? This one's a, a seal car carcass that's been found. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's watch a video. On a beach, on a beach in the sea, uh, checking up on um, yeah. on these lobster pots. Um, now, a very recent case of seal mutilation occurred oh, in blunt. Canada, Vancouver, in September 2016. No spiral cuts this time, but extremely clean incisions, which are not characteristic of predation. The skins of seals are extremely tough, designed to withstand the abrasions of sand, stones, rock surfaces, etc. Therefore, the skin is difficult to cut neatly, even with a sharp scalpel. To then separate the skin from the blubber layer, without leaving scraps of skin still attached to the blubber, is almost impossible. On this seal found in Vancouver in September 2016, we see a perfect separation between that, skin and blubber with no residue yeah, apparent. The rectal core and the perfect 60 to 70 millimeter circular shallow cut with neat edge on the flipper looks like classic animal mutilation modus operandi. Continuing with the... I mean, it, the fit... The thing about this as well, I, mean, I almost think it's like calling cards. And my understanding is from what people have said about grey aliens, um, I suspect they are little goblin demon creatures which live in, in the uh, bowels of the earth. And they're more like biological robots. They're not actually creatures that... Or maybe at one point there were creatures with free will, but they just gradually got subsumed and they're effectively uh, biological robots. Uh, because the most recent article on Beam's investigations is an exsanguinated corpse coyote, which is just dangling on the power lines. I'm thinking they they are really brazen about this stuff. Yeah, they don't give a really. Fuck, do they? You seen this? No. Um, where's the one I was going to do next? That's from 2015. Looks like another classic animal mute case. Obviously, they call them mutes then mutilation cases. Sice then in Leicestershire. So this is um, Honey the Horse after after the brutal attack. Uh, I think we might do a sec second part of this, because I haven't even done about the Croydon cat killer, because he's a thing all on his own, isn't he? I've, I think we will need to do a second part to this, because, again, I, I'm going into speculation here, but it's based on what I've seen over the years, like when sat having a dump on my mate's toilet, reading his book about aliens, uh that that you know these these creatures from Hollow Earth they're doing this stuff, and all I can think Ooh. is well the the greys themselves. If you click on the thing, well. you can see the uh, what happened to the horse, and it's not mm. pleasant. No, That's... it's not. And again, I, uh, no just... blood. The only blood is on the fur. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's. If you're taking off those parts of the animal, they, they, a lot of blood will spray out because horses have got really high pressure blood. Um, that's, Again, it's the yeah. uh, the eyes missing and uh, the ear. There's a big like round bit around the ear, and then part of the snout's been taken as well. 
Brutus says it's Satanist, but Brutus, if you listen to, I mean, in fact, I recommend you 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 listen back to this at your at your leisure. Uh, there are things in this which wouldn't be achievable with a, a man with a sharp knife. I mean, the seal itself, you can't do that with sharp knives because of how tough seal skin is. But also, how do you fling an exsanguinated coyote corpse up onto a power line without it just burning? How do you do? Um, how do you neatly sever, like pluck out the eye of something without all that stuff done? Because I've had to do animal dissection before, and by, by the way, I really fucking hated it. Um, and um, it, you, you, when you're pulling an eye out of the socket, it's bloody mess. Even when it's like you know, you're just dealing with a severed head. A lot of blood oozes out, and it smells bad, and there's all this wet gory stuff comes out as well and it's just ugh, ugh, yeah no i hated that the worst thing is is there was equine studies next to my classroom and they were working on horse hooves um identifying tendons which would move the hoof one way or the other and it was a bunch of diseased uh, things so those those smelled absolutely fucking revolting um, it just happened to be, I, I was in their lab at the time because I was making soap and there was no free benches in, in my classroom. So I was like, oh, do you guys mind if I just have this sink in the corner? So yeah, if you don't mind the smile, it's like, well, I'm making soap, so maybe it'll be useful. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. If you click on that, um, honey, the horse, you actually see the horse without the pixelation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, we we can have to do a two part on this because I mean we're coming up to to almost two hours on this Hemi, and uh, again my speculation is why is it that these grey because I keep saying it's greys until someone proves otherwise I'm going to say it's grey aliens with their flying saucers from the deeps coming out the mutilating cattle but they don't have free will so who's controlling them why um, is it just harvesting organs? For some sort of ritual, what what's going on? Why why are they doing this? So do you want to do a two, a, another part next week then? Uh, if we if we want to cover it next week, or if we need time to, yeah, if we do it next week, that a week should be enough time for it to um just percolate and set on the unconscious. Yeah. Maybe something will happen in my dreams that will give you a bit more insight. Oh, right. Brutus is asking, why do greys not have free will? I mean, that's probably an episode, uh, something for another episode, but from what I've read, um, they were creatures with free will, but then they became mechanised, and they're effectively biological robots now. They're just, that's, um, why they, that's, why they they, do... that's why they hate us. And they isn't, sorry, it's not why they hate us, it's why they want to breed with us, isn't it? Because we yeah, have or, souls or do... and they don't, is one thing I Yeah, heard. yeah. But the thing is, they they don't even reproduce now. They're all just clones of one another. They they're a dead species, and they they're just biological robots being used by others. Um, I get a feeling with all this technology, uh, that's something like that's probably being done to us because um, we are getting divorced from from nature and reality. And when we're staying indoors, actually, Brutus said that he says more people stay indoors, the more atheistic they become. Um, that's something that's just mentioned in uh, one of those Hindu, I say Vedic or Hindu texts. And I think that's true. I mean, people in the cities, they, they are quite godless people. Well, Brutus has got what? a big guest on tonight, hasn't he? He's got uh, Eddie Butler. 
from Anne-Marie Waters' what? party uh, for Britain. Brutus so Brit- is uh, doing a show tonight. Yeah, he's got he's got um, he's got Eddie Butler tonight from for Britain. Cool, I'll have to tune into that. So uh, yeah, for, uh, here's awesome. a plug for Brutus. Yeah. So we'll put a pin it in pin it in there so we can go and watch Brutus's show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brutus the Eternal Anglo. Everybody, if if you don't follow him, follow him. Have a listen to what he's got to say with uh, Eddie Butler. Should be interesting. So next week Brutus we'll do... Blitz the Fritz Harris. <laughs> so we shall put a pin in it there. We'll carry on with part two next week. We'll have to. There's too much to do in one episode. <laughs>